Well, it was um, May 16th, 1992. There was a uh, middle-aged Jewish man, and he was sitting right where Kip is sitting, right in the back row. He had a little baby girl in his arms. She was about three and a half months old. His son, eight and a half, was downstairs in the Shabbat school doing mischief. Where's Stephen Mead? Is he still in the sanctuary? He's out there with his little one. There he is. With his cohort, Stephen. You see, that Jewish man had been coming here for about seven weeks because a Gentile business associate invited him to hear a presentation called The Messiah and the Passover, which totally rocked his Jewish world. Because they had never told him before about the prophecies of Messiah that are found in the Tanakh. And so for seven weeks he questioned, for seven weeks he studied, for seven weeks he fetched. The Wednesday before May 16, 1992, he did a study in Daniel 9 like we did last week. Do you remember the final statement that we all said out loud last week after the sermon? He has come. And on May 16, 1992, that Shabbat morning, two days after May 14th, which was the celebration of Israel's independence, in the middle of the worship service, everybody stood up and sang Hatikva, Israel's national anthem, the hope. And that middle-aged Jewish man broke down into tears because he realized that his hope was in the Messiah of Israel, Yeshua. And that middle-aged man was me. In this sanctuary, in that seat, keep it warm, Kip. I wouldn't have been there if not for a Gentile believer who loved me enough to share his Messiah with me. That was in May of 1992. In June of 1992, there was a horse trough up on this bema. Oh, by the way, it's still out back behind the building. And it was in June of 1992 that I was immersed, that I was mikvah, again, in this sanctuary. And in July of 1992, my wife and I renewed our wedding vows under a chuppah that stood right here on this bima. I can't believe I'm here today. My oldest son and my oldest daughter were bar and bat mitzvahed in this place. My oldest son was immersed in this place. I can't believe I'm here today. 
This is a very special community that we have. Son of David congregation. We're family. We love each other. But guess what? I love my wife and I still get frustrated at her. <laughs> to the people who have been here a long time, to the people, it's wonderful to see old faces here, to the people who are new here, if you come here looking for us to be perfect, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> we will all be frustrated at one time or another. The worship set's too long. The worship set's not long enough. The worship set's too fast. The worship set's too slow. There's not enough food at the Oneg Shabbat. There's too much food and it takes too long to clean up. I didn't agree with the rabbi's sermon today or last week or the week before. I didn't like the way that girl dressed. I didn't like the t-shirt that young man had on. I have words for you from the book of extra editions. <laughs> Get over it. We're family. That's right. It's all about him. I woke up this morning at 3.30, worrying. Guess what? My wife was awake worrying too. <laughs> See, I don't know if you notice it but, or know about it, but for the last two weeks, she's been gathering phone numbers of all the people who needed rides here. They all got here today. And I was so great when I saw that she was awake because now I had a buddy to be awake with. And I just rolled over and I said, I am so overwhelmed. <laughs> she said, it'll be all right. And I kissed her and I said, I love you. We need to kiss the sky and the Lord this morning and say we love him for what he's done in this place. <laughs> but for families to work together, Everybody needs to be a part. I don't know how many of you may have come from a large family where half the family figures they don't have to do anything. And the other half of the family makes up for them and everybody suffers because of it. My prayer is that we will not be like that. It's not that you should take part in what's going on here. It's that you will be blessed when you take part in what's going on here. And God will bless you for it. We have lots of things that we need help with here. We need additional people for the Shabbat school. We need additional people for the Oneg Shabbat. We need people, when someone comes in the door, like Eric Roth, has the biggest smile on his face and goes, Hi, want a bulletin? There you go. We need the teens, and you should all be in here. Hopefully you're not out in the lobby. We need you to take part here too. 
We're praying about the parts that you can play. And you know what? I have a really good one because all of you are a lot better on computers than I am. We can use your help in that sound booth. With the easy worship, we can teach you how to do the sound. We can teach you how to do the easy worship. There should be no one in this congregation that isn't doing something for this congregation, to bless this congregation, so that not only would the congregation be blessed, but they will be blessed for taking part. Amen? Amen. There's another reason why I'm overwhelmed today. The portion from the Taurus uh, uh, cycle this morning is called Nitzavim. It's my bar mitzvah portion. How many of you get the uh, reflections that I send out by email? Okay, if you're on the uh, Son of David uh, directory, you should get them. If not, again, one of the things that Judy and I will be doing is making sure that we update all the directories. By the way, if, if you'd like to receive notifications, please make sure that you let the office know of your email address and your um, uh, snail mail address uh, and your credit card information. No, I was just kidding about that. <laughs> This past week, I put out a reflection, and, and the title of it was, They Never Told Me. They Never Told Me. I wish you could have seen, actually, I don't wish you were there, but imagine that you were there um, September 23rd, 19, 1963, Congregation Bethel on Old Georgetown Road in Bethesda, Maryland. There was this stuck-up 13-year-old kid who chanted the entirety of the Shacharit morning service, who read the entirety of the Torah portion from the Torah scroll, who chanted his Haftorah and gave a wonderful bar mitzvah speech. Yesterday I was a boy, today I'm a fountain pen. You have to be Jewish to understand that, that joke. If I do say so myself, my chanting was flawless. If I do say so myself, everybody in the congregation was amazed that I was actually reading all seven of the Aliyot in the Hebrew as well as the Maftir Haftorah section without vowels, perfectly. The problem was this. I didn't know what I was reading. Nobody told me the translation. They just taught me the melodies. I love to sing. I have a decent voice. They taught me the cantillations. I picked it up rather quickly. All day long, I walked around hearing, why can't you be like Ben and Bess's son, Dennis? And I ate it up. But I didn't know what I said. Let me read you the first words of my Haftorah portion. Isaiah 61, verse 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For He has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, 
and the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. And then it ends with the following verse. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old. But they never told me. And the majority of the Jewish population in Montgomery County, Prince George's County, Washington, D.C., Howard County, Northern Virginia, Delmarva, the Mid-Atlantic, the United States have never been told what their own scripture tells them about the coming of Messiah, the sacrificial death of Messiah, his burial and his resurrection all prophesied in the Hebrew scriptures and his coming again. And we need to be people who tell them. I love what Edith said. She takes her Bible to work. You know what else she takes to work? Her testimony. And do you know why she takes her Bible and her testimony? Because she is not ashamed of the gospel. And there are too many people who are ashamed of the gospel. Oh, sure, they say, well, I'm a believer. Uh, I came to faith when I was eight. Or maybe it was nine. No, it was eight. But I really wasn't walking with the Lord. Well, I was walking with Him, but I really wasn't walking with Him. See, I would pray to Him. Well, sometimes I would pray to Him. And then what happened was, um, I got married, and we had a kid. And oh, I said, well, we really want to bring up this kid to know the Lord, because we want him or her saved too. But was I really saved? Did I say the prayer? Did I get dunked? And when someone asks them, are you a believer? Uh, yeah, I think. I don't have to think. Do you? When someone asks me, are you a believer? You know what my response is? Yeah, can I tell you about it? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the dynamite power of God to salvation for whoever believes, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile, for in it, in the Gospel, in the Good News, the very righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. And they never told me that I was clothed with that righteousness. They never told me that I was like a groom, like a bride, and that the other person standing there waiting to say, I do, was Messiah. And too many of us, I think, when we're asked the question, do you? 
respond, well, I think so. If you're sitting in this building today, you are sitting in proof that God exists. If you've heard the testimonies that were brought forth this morning, if you've just heard just a bit of my testimony, they are proofs that God exists. But listen, that proof can't stay inside these four walls. Son of David's aim and vision and and purpose is to reach out to the Jewish community first and to whoever else who would listen with the good news of Messiah in culturally relevant ways. That's why we have services that include Hebrew worship songs. That's why we have a service that includes reading from the Torah and chanting from the Torah. That's why we have a beautiful tallit rack in the back so if someone wants to wear a tallit, they can it's not a show. It's a testimony. It's not a performance. It's a witness. It's a witness that anybody can stand under the chuppah with Messiah. Can you even imagine what that is? I mean, I remember my wedding. July 12, 1982. And for you husbands who don't remember the date, you better write it down now because your wife's going to ask you before you leave today. And it wasn't that far from here either. It was right up on Alney Laytonsville Road. Montgomery Country Club. Go up, make a left, mile and a half, make a right. It was under a tree on the hottest day in July 1992. I'm sorry, 1982. We had a DJ spinning records. Ask me how hot it was. It was so hot that his record started warping and we had to go inside the building. <laughs> Jewish man, Gentile wife, reform rabbi, who I told I didn't want him to say anything about God. Just do the stuff, but I like it that you're Jewish. That's the majority of the Jewish people today. They understand their origins. They don't understand what they could have of a future. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. Praise God for this morning because for the last week I have not been rejoicing. <laughs> I've been sweating. I've been schwitzing. For those of you who are not Jewish, schwitzing is sweating. Okay. I've been nervous. I've been worried guess what? There's still things that aren't done. Guess what? Verizon is still Verizon. <laughs> Judy, I'll have you know that I got an email last night at 5.30 confirming our order that wasn't the order that we ordered. I didn't reply. You can't get Comcast out here. There are still boxes to put away. There's lots of stuff to do, but this morning I rejoice. 
I rejoice in my history with this building. I rejoice in the fact that even though they didn't tell me what I was saying on my bar mitzvah, now I know. And our Jewish people need to know. We need to rejoice in the Lord. Our souls need to be joyful in our God. Do you know before I came to faith, I never cried. Now it's like, hey Dennis. <laughs> and I've been crying a lot this morning. Not because I'm sad. I'm overwhelmingly happy. For He has clothed me with garments of salvation. I wonder if they were real garments, what they would look like. I think they would be white. Oh, by the way, they used to be red. But the red turned into white. I think they would be priestly-like. I think they would be His garments made for me. Perhaps even without seam, because we are to be a kingdom of priests. Maybe they might even have pomegranates embroidered all around the hem and bells. Not the kind of bells that the high priest wore when he went into the Holy of Holies so that if he messed up, they would hear the bells stop and they would yank him out by the rope around his waist. No, they would be bells of rejoicing, bells of music, bells of singing as we dance to the Lord. I wonder if that's what those robes might look like. And oh, by the way, that robe is also a robe of righteousness. And I think that robe of righteousness has an insignia right here. You know, kind of like the crest that they used to wear on a blazer. Is there anybody here too young to even know what a blazer is? <laughs> there we go. It was a sport coat that you wore. And the color of the sport coat was specific for the occasion. And the, the crest said something. You know what the crest on the blazer of the robe of righteousness says? I'm his. Because our righteousness is entry into the family and the kingdom of God. Like a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and a bride adorns herself with her jewels. I've been to a lot of weddings the last couple months. It's amazing how long it takes a bride to get ready. <laughs> is it just me? Or does the groom get up, wash his face, brush his teeth, put on his tux and say, okay, let's go. <laughs> but the bride, the bride, not only does it take forever, but it takes like 20 people to help her. <laughs> I don't understand that. Here's another thing I don't understand. Why do women need a partner to go to the bathroom in a, a restaurant? I mean, what are you guys talking about in there? I don't know where that came from. It was not part of my notes. You know what the preparation is for us 
to be the bride or the groom of Messiah? Prayer and repentance. And sometimes it's quick, and sometimes it takes 42 years. But it's always worth it. Because we stand under the chuppah with our Messiah. And one day, one day, call Yisrael Yivasha, all Israel will be saved. Boy, is that going to be a big chuppah. And do you remember what they will say? Baruch HaBab Hashem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. If you've ever been to a Jewish wedding, when the groom and the bride walk down the aisle, those are the words that the officiant either says or chants. They're wedding words. Who could have figured? You see, when all Israel will realize that he is the groom, and Israel's the bride, then he'll say, now you're ready to say, I do. And he will return. May his coming be quick. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. I want you to think of yourself as seeds. I want you to think of yourself as young saplings. I want you to think of yourselves as being planted in the world so that by the word you may be fed and watered and you may spring forth to bring fruit to whoever God puts in your path. We don't grow in the Lord for our own sake. We grow in the Lord for the sake of others and for the sake of His kingdom. Amen? Amen. Too many people think salvation is their personal possession. Wrong. It's like any other gift that God gives. It's meant to be used for His glory and His purposes and His kingdom. And why does He grow us up? Why does He prepare us? Why does He feed us? Why does He water us? Why does He give us the wind of the Spirit so that we can breathe in His very presence? So that the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Now we can't go to all the nations. It's kind of impossible. But we can go into Alni. We can go into Montgomery Village. We can go into Silver Spring. We can go into Rockville. We can be witnesses of God's truth and love to whoever we see. Because the one thing that I really want to leave you with this morning, our being here today is not the culmination. It's the beginning. I'm used to that big round sanctuary at WCC where you could see all the empty seats. Now we're in a smaller sanctuary. Dear ones, there are still empty seats. And every one of us here has someone in their life that they should invite.
I once heard a Carmen say this at the concert. How many were at the concert? He said, can you think of one special person that was absolutely significant in your coming to faith? And I, I, I knew who it was. So here's the question he then asked, and here's the question I ask you. How would you like to be the significant person in someone else coming to faith? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be wonderful? The angels will be singing. The choirs will be singing. The trumpets will be blaring. The cymbals will be clashing. You talk about a wedding party? Not like anything we have on earth. And so let me close with the last three verses of my Haftorah portion. And then I'll ask Charlie to come up and close us with the benediction. I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he has bestowed on them according to his mercies, according to the multitude of his loving kindness. For he said, surely they are my people, children who will not lie. So he became their savior. So he became their Yeshua. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old. Amen.